Thanks for joining us on the Oasis Church Podcast. To find out more about Oasis, visit CelebrateTheJourney.org. During this episode, Pastor Dennis Ritchie shares a great message that will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up a Bible, grab a notebook, or simply listen along. Father, we thank you for the love that you have for your church and the celebration of um, the gathering of the saints that we can uh, celebrate a young lady who is near and dear uh, to this community. And so, Father, we send her away with uh, an entire community's blessing. Uh, I pray for this morning. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. So there's this uh, little story in John chapter 8, the Gospel of John. And uh, Jesus, he makes this proclamation that he is the light of the world. And it's not just a kind of off the cuff, he had nothing better to say, something just welled up in his spirit. It was said during a very specific time uh, with a, uh, in a, in a, a very specific setting and a celebration with a very specific meaning. Now, it all happened in a celebration in the Jewish tradition called the Illumination of the Temple. And what this is, there was uh, four massive candelabras. Now, these, we would call them a menorah, uh, but we don't, we're not sure if it was, the, I'm not sure if it was the, the classic where you see used at Hanukkah. Um, but these things were massive. Some say, some historians say that they were as tall as the highest wall of the temple. So these are huge. And on top are these torches. And under each torch, there was a bowl. And it held about 17 gallons of oil at a time to burn these torches. And so in the evening of this, of this celebration, they would send priests up the ladders. They would fill the bowls with oil and they would light these torches. And, uh, and, and it was said that it would illuminate the entire temple. But not only that, there was no place in Jerusalem where you could not see the lights of, these, of, these, uh, of the celebration of this candelabra. Um, so they light this thing, and then it's just celebration. And there is dancing and worship, and, and uh, the whole worship team is out there, and there's all kinds of of instruments being played. This was a major celebration that was taking place. And what they were celebrating is the pillar of fire that led Israel in the desert for 40 years. It was uh, that, that pillar of fire uh, in this, this celebration. They're celebrating the spirit of the Lord, guiding his people, uh, caring for his people. Um, and it was the next morning after this celebration in the gospel of of um, John, that Jesus speaks these words. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is, this is Jesus at his best. It's just this um, masterful uh, presentation, once again, of, of who he is. You know, it, what, what he is explaining to the people of the temple is, you know that pillar of fire that came between you and the Egyptians? At the Exodus, you know that pillar of fire that led your people, Israel? I'm that fire. I'm that light. I am the light 
of the world. And light has been used throughout the scriptures to, uh, to talk about God, to refer to God. We always use here that we are light in the darkness. We're pushing back the darkness. Jesus being the light of the world is a, it's a foundational belief for Christians. And so it even makes it more beautiful when we get to uh, what Matthew records Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 5. Last week, we learned that we are the salt of the earth. These are red letters. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that, you may, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The truth that Jesus reveals, that he is the light of the world, and now we are the light of the world, um, exposes a, another not-so-glorious truth. And that truth is the world, as it sits now, is in darkness. It's a spiritual condition, but it manifests its life in the, in, uh, manifests itself in the physical. And all you have to do is watch the news for five minutes, and you will see, or you should see, that there is a lot of darkness in the world. There, are, uh, there is an entire world system that is in place with all kinds of people, all kinds of ethnicities and creeds that relish in the fact that the world is in darkness. At least for a time, and that darkness prevails. Now this is the way John would, would describe it. Light has come into the world. But people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. You know, darkness in and of itself is, is one thing that we, we have to deal with. But maintaining a deliberate darkness is, is a whole different story. I mean, as Jesus followers, we will find ourselves uh, confronted with darkness all the time. In fact, Jesus prays in the Gospel of John that uh, not to take us out of the world, but that he would bless us in the world. So we are not of the darkness, but man, we're in it every day. We're, we're, we're in that darkness. But to perpetuate it, to create systems and, and uh, philosophies and ideologies that perpetuate that darkness, that, that glorify the darkness, that make it the primary focus— that becomes a real issue, or at least it should, in the heart of, of all Christians. And the ugly truth is this, that at this time in our history, until Jesus comes back, we are confronted with darkness. But look at this again. Jesus is telling us all, you are the light of the world. Not just of Cheshire, or your, your home, or your town, or your work. Light of the world. Yes, you, Jesus follower, you are the light of the world. A disciple of Christ is light. Now to say this on your own, like you walk around saying, huh, I'm the light of the world. And that's a little bit arrogant. This is not what we're talking about. But these are the words of Jesus. Jesus is speaking about you. The truth about who you are in Christ. Jilly Bean, who you are in Christ. The light of the world. 
Now you might be asking, how can this be? And that's a great question, and thank you for asking it. I love the way you ask the questions that segue into my next point so fluently. I mean, it, it's a beautiful thing. There was this um, pastor, he was a theologian, he was a writer, he was actually a radio host, uh, Dr. Barnhouse. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He passed away, I believe, in 1960. And he would kind of use this um, illustration to explain how we are the light of the world. And he would say this. He'd say that, that Christ, when he was on earth, um, he was light like the sun is light. He gave light to the entire earth. And so does the sun. The sun is always glowing. It comes up and it goes down every single day all over the world. And then he would say, when the sun sets, the moon comes up. And he likens the moon to the church. Uh, uh, the, and, and what he said, um, that the, the moon in and of itself doesn't have any light. The moon reflects the light of the sun. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But he knew that his time on earth was going to be short. And he knows that he needs to encourage his church to continue in the ministry that he has begun. And so he gave a directive. You are the light of the world. You are the light. In his absence, we are the light of the world. And there are times when the moon rises full and it's bright. I was in Thailand a few years ago and uh, there was a super moon. And it was so bright at night, so beautiful. And then there's sometimes that the moon rises and um, it's a, a waning crescent. And it's only just a little bit of a sliver. But no matter what phase the moon is in, it always reflects the light of the sun. And so it is with us, the church. We, we reflect back who we are in Christ into the world. We reflect the light of Christ into this world. This sacred, holy light is ours to give back into the darkness, to push the darkness back. You, church, are the light of the world. Now, there, there's this, this mystery in this whole thing. Um, because in some way, somehow, in the mysteries of God, not only do we reflect this light of Christ, um, we have become that light. This is, this is the way Paul would write about it in Ephesians. He says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. We have been gifted this beautiful However imperfect it is, all of our shortcomings, it doesn't matter. We are to be living as children of light. Peter would write in his second letter, chapter 1, verse 4, that, that we are partakers of the divine nature of Christ. How awesome is that? And so we, we not only reflect this light, but we are the light and, and, it, and it doesn't originate with us. It originates with Christ. But we have been given it, not for our own use, not to keep it all bottled up, but to, but to shine that in the darkness of the world. You are the light of the world. 
And, that, and the light of Christ, the light that's within us, the light that is, that is shining forth, forth from us, it changes stuff. It changed, the light of Christ changed people. It brought healing. It brought fullness. It brought uh, forgiveness. It met people's needs spiritually. It met people's needs physically. It built up. It encouraged. It brought people a, uh, a sense of belonging. People saw that their lives meant something in the light of Christ. Way more than just what the world would dictate or how the world tries to define you. You are the light of the world. And this light shows the entire world that God is not some, some distant entity way out there. But he cares. And he is a God of love. And he's a God of patience. And he's a God of forgiveness. That light showed that life is much more than just eating and drinking, but it's but it's a, a life of and a light of righteousness, peace, joy. This is the light of Jesus. He is the light of the world. And now, church, the truth be told, you are the light of the world. Now again, I can hear in your brain. The segue question, how, old balding pastor, do we shine even brighter into the world? Again, thank you for that question. It segues perfectly into this, this chapter, this little paragraph right here in my notes. I have this watch that I wear occasionally. Um, and it's a, it's a uh, citizen, what's it called? An uh, echo drive, eco drive watch. Now, it doesn't require a battery like uh, normal watches do. It's charged by just leaving it in light. And so if you wear it every day, it never runs out of juice. At least it hasn't yet. You put it in a draw, you keep it in the darkness, eventually it just stops. It takes a while, uh, but it will stop. And so wear it on a daily basis, which I don't. I just keep it on my desk in my office and there's always light in my office. And so it never, it never dies. It never stops keeping, and I will say this, proper time, except for that whole time change thing. I think I'm behind an hour, but I can tell what, what time it is. And so if we want to continue to shine in the darkness, if we want to continue to brighten the light that comes from us, that shines in the darkness, we have to continually expose ourselves to the light of Christ. That we would always be under, in his light. And it's really, it's, it's not an option. And yet, I, I see in some that they live as if it was an option to be consistently in the light of Christ. And so, you know, we pray every once in a while. Or our, our prayer is kind of reactionary. We only pray when, when something goes wrong or we need something. Or if I can find my Bible, I'll read it, you know, at bedtime until I fall asleep, which is in 2.7 minutes. We need to expose ourselves to the light of the world. Who is Jesus Christ? And so maybe a question you can begin to wrestle with is, how has your exposure been to the sun? See what I did there? You don't know if it's a you or no, huh? That's good preaching right there. 
a soldier trains before going into battle. A soldier knows his enemy. And so for us, the disciplines of the Christian spiritual life are really not an option if we want to be light in the darkness. And so the word of God, prayer, fasting, times of quiet and solitude, just, just sitting in the presence of God, not, not asking him for anything, just being in his presence. This is the way we recharge our batteries so that we can, we can shine into the darkness. Now, Jesus is going to give us some examples of, of what this, uh, examples of light and, and, and its use, or at least how it, it should be used. Uh, in verse 14 and 15, um, he says, A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Two examples, a city on a hill and a, a lantern, a light in the house. We are called as the church to function in a way that we shine light like a city on a hill. A city cannot be hidden at night in, because of the light that, that, um, that shines from it. Followers of Jesus are visible. Followers of Jesus, they can be seen, they're noticed. At least we should be. There is, I believe there should not be any such thing as an individual, or, I'm sorry, invisible Jesus follower. People should know and see your light. I, I always ask myself, am I, just, just with my presence, am I pushing back the darkness that's, that's around me? Are my words light? Are my actions light? Sometimes I see it and, and I'm not. I've hidden myself under a bowl. It's much easier to live that way. It's not what we're called to. We are the light of the world. And we're to allow that light to shine. The world needs the church to be visible. The world uh, needs the church to be inviting like a city on a hill. In ancient times when people would travel from city to city, it was a very dangerous excursion. There were bandits on the road. You could be robbed, beaten, even killed. And so they would travel. They would travel. Uh, they would try to travel uh, during the day. But sometimes they found themselves at night traveling. And they would come and they would see the city coming before them. And they could see the light. And there was a sense of... Uh, because they know that there is safety, there is the destination, they made it safely, and they continue on. This is what the church needs to be, a light, like a light of a city on a hill, that we would be inviting to people, that we would be a place of, of safety, that we would be a place of, of refreshment. The world needs to, to see the light of Christ from the church, especially now in this day and age, my goodness, we need to be and shine that light out into the world. He uses another analogy of a, of a lamp being lit in a house. And it doesn't just kind of stay under the basket, but it's hung on a hook. So it gives light to the entire house. Church, this is who we need to be. Light in the darkness. See, light reveals 
Light reveals things for, for what they really are. Light allows a person to see their surroundings much clearer. I mean, think about it. You, you enter into a dark room, even if it's in your home, and you walk a little bit gingerly until you get to the light and so you can turn it on. And then you can see. And at that point, when you can see clearly, you can move around a little bit more freely. And sometimes, sometimes turning on that light will allow you to see things that you didn't know were there in the first place, like, like that pesky Lego that you step on in the darkness. Now, it has been scientifically proven that stepping on a Lego in the dark hurts worse than a gunshot wound. It's scientifically proven. I've done the research. Stepping on one in the light, it really doesn't hurt that bad. You get one in the dark, woo! Mm -hmm. Light reveals the dangers that might be waiting for us in the dark. We live in New England and, and all, all in our uh, coasts. We see these lighthouses, beautiful lighthouses. And they were used to tell sailors where to go, how to navigate around danger. There are uh, medical studies that say sunlight can kill certain bacteria and disease and viruses. Light is very persistent. It will invade and expose even, even the smallest of cracks. In fact, the darkest room is not safe, even with a tiny opening for light to come in. And light has a tendency to wake us up from sleep. Liken those examples to our spiritual life. Jesus, he did all of those things. When he walked the earth, People began to feel things that they've never felt before. He guided people away from um, eternal danger. He illuminated their path back to the Father, back to reconciliation. His light healed. His light killed the disease of sin. His light was able to invade even the smallest places, the darkest places in the human heart and bring light to it and bring healing to those places. And it could enter into the smallest of cracks. You are the light of Christ. You are the light of the world. That great mystery of Ephesians chapter 5. You are light. And it's God and God alone that has made us visible to the world. He has placed us where he wants us so that we can shine into the darkness. Our presence, the church's presence, we as individuals who are the church, our presence um, is meant to reveal life and goodness and love and joy and peace and freedom. It's even, it's even meant to reveal sin, not only in our own lives, but we could gently, not in arrogance, not in judgment, help people see their own sin. Remember, we don't judge. Let you who's without sin cast the first stone. But light invites, light heals, light reveals. Our light is a light that reveals a path to Christ, a path to the cross, who is the originator of it. 
church. You're the light of the world. And not only is this a privilege that we have from the Father, it's also, um, it's also a, a huge responsibility. Because it's always about God. It's never about us. Jesus is going to give the reason why we would shine. Verse 16. In the same way as the, as the, uh, the city on a hill, as the same way as a light for a lamp in the house, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is written as a command, not a suggestion. If we are the light of the world, then we really don't have an option not to shine. And our mode of shining in this text, in the words of Jesus, is our good works. Not to earn from God, but in response to God. Not to achieve our salvation, but because we have been saved. Allow our good deeds to be light. The word good in that, that good deeds is, is the word kalos. And uh, it means um, to be attractive, to be beautiful, to uh, an outward sign of an inward goodness. And the attractiveness is not about attracting people to us. It's not even about attracting people to our church. It's about attracting people, pointing people to Christ and Christ alone. We've all been given passions and skills and gifts and graces from God for the good works that he has prepared for us to do. I encourage you, church, use what you've been given to be light in the world. Peter talks about this in, um, in his uh, second letter. He would say it this way. Live such good lives, same word, kalos, beautiful, attractive. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of wrongdoing, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Peter's directive is that we are to live in such a way that even though people might not like us, they can't argue with the way we're living and the good that we're doing. And they would be attracted to it in some way, shape, or form. And if they see that light in Peter's mindset, if they see the light, if they see how we're living, then maybe that person would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's never about us. It's always about him. But yet he calls us. It's never about us, but yet we can decide to hide the light that's within us or to let it shine into the darkness. I say, let's shine into the darkness. And ultimately, as you shine, as you live, as your life becomes um, attractive and beautiful because of Christ in you, we bring glory to God. Because we're focusing people, pointing them to the Savior, and that glorifies the Father. When we point people to the Son, it brings glory to the Father. Your life can bring glory to God. 
you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Wherever it is, at your job, at school, in your cubicle, in your family, Let your light shine. The world is in desperate need of it. Desperate, desperate need of light. And you're it. You are it. Father, thank you for this truth. Thank you that you have placed so much faith in us, your people. And now I ask that you would empower us, that you would charge us, that we would be lights in this darkness, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we would be light. Let our lives be an example of who you are, be an example of your goodness, your love, your freedom, your forgiveness. May, now, may I ask, Father, may you make this community shine even brighter than it's ever had. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. And we will see you next week. Peace.